from Equine Connection, the Academy of Equine Assisted Learning. Hi, I'm Carrie. I'm Carolyn. And I'm Carson. Welcome to our podcast. You'll be listening to some of our best moments of helping people to live their best lives and all while, get this, working with horses. We will be your hosts and have tons of guests along the way. Subscribe today and happy listening. Hey, welcome, welcome. We are so excited to be back again with you today because we have the third take here from the lovely Doug Walsh, who's going to be walking us through about really, is there second chances for horses? And, you know, we always talk about giving people second chances, but a lot of times people give up on horses that it's not necessary to do that piece, right? So true. Yes. So today is going to be all about Doug letting us know how these second chances can come about and some specific stories that he has worked with horses that's really, well, it's just going to be happy, guys. <laughs> it's, it's just <laughs> going to be a good day. From sad, sad, sad <laughs> to happy, happy, happy. Yeah. And I know all of us who love our horses and love other people's horses, we're going to relate to this. And some of these stories are going to help us to be able to do what's right, the right horsemanship idea for our horses. Okay, so I want to introduce you guys again to the lovely Well, first Doug of all, Walsh. we're going to introduce oh, yeah. ourselves. That's right. So would you like to go first? I'm Carolyn. <laughs> I'm Carolyn. I'm the director of sales and marketing as well as an instructor and facilitator for the Equine Connection, the Academy of Equine Assisted Learning. Hi, and I'm Carrie Fulmack, the founder and master instructor, helping humans just like you globally around the world to what? Live their dream, not just dream about doing what it is that you want to do in your very short little life, but helping humans just like us to be able to live it by working with horses every day, smelling how stunning they are every day, but being able to put humans with our horses with the ability that the horses are the teachers. We do not, do not ever use our horses in mm -hmm. any of our programs. They are not used as a tool, but they are a partner with us. And we actually as facilitators wait for the cue for the horse to say, come on in now to help the human. So now we can get them on the journey to what? Be empowered and make decisions to move forward. So. And it was love this job. Equine assisted learning that we actually met Doug in the yes. first place when we went down to Florida to do some training at his place. So I'm going to bring him in here and we adore, and I do mean adore, adore. Doug. Where are you, Doug? There he is. Yay. Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. And so, Doug, if you want to give us a little rundown too of a little bit of your background for anybody who hasn't caught the first two videos, which you should, people, I might add, but just give us a little bit of a rundown about you and then what we're going to chat about today. Sure, sure. Sounds good. Well, I'm super excited to be on here for our third uh, and final episode or a session. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I've been, uh, you know, and an interesting thing about me is that I, I've wanted to be around horses my whole life and I couldn't cause I had horrible allergies. Like I couldn't even I went to allergists and they said when I was a kid and they said, you're allergic to everything just except for dust. So don't ever be around anything. So, so <laughs> I, feel I, would, you. <laughs> I would try and, and my fam, my mom had some horses and I tried to be around them and. I could, you know, it was just, it was brutal. Like I'd be put up for like two, three, four hours in the house, just trying to rehabilitate. So I did the weekly allergy injections, all that stuff. So it wasn't until I was a young, like in my, in my late twenties where I really started to get into horses. And I went to an allergist cause, um, you know, I had gotten a horse and, and they said, don't have a horse, just live inside in a bubble and, and just be happy. And I said, <laughs> okay, that's not going to work. So 
he had given me some pointers and and uh, he said wear glasses and and um, and I, I eventually it was, it was amazing. The stuff he gave me helped me and and got me through it. And it's been the first time and it had been the first time in like 20 years that I was able to actually be around horses, which was always so tough because I loved animal. I love animals so much and I couldn't be around cats or dogs or it would just drive me crazy. So. Um, I'm really blessed to have a second opportunity in life as, I, as I'm getting older to be able to spend so much time with these animals and not have them bother me. The only thing that gets me is Timothy still. So I won't, I'll always still <laughs> steer clear of Timothy, but, yeah. um, but, uh, but, but yeah, so, so when I got into horses, it was interesting because it gave me a different perspective of, of starting off. Um, my first horse that I got was a big 19, two hand Percheron and, um, he was, you know, he, he was kind of a belligerent guy and he would, you know, and he was a big dude. And, and so I took him to a friend of mine, um, and said, Hey, I want to get some help with this horse. And, and actually I didn't know the guy at the time. I said, his name's Sam Brown. He's a great guy. And I said, um, you know, will you help me with the horsemanship stuff? And he said, and this is going back 15 years now. And he said, sure, drop him off for 30 days and come pick him up. And I go, that's not how it's going to work. I said, I want to be there every day. I want to learn everything that you're doing. I want to be, I want to, I want to like take all this in. And so as I did that, you know, I really found that I had, um, I had this energy and this way to be around, um, these horses, um, without sneezing, um, that really made a huge impact on my life as well as theirs. And so I knew that at that moment, I've had a lot of really cool opportunities in life, but at that moment I knew that this is exactly what I needed to be doing. Um, and so it gave me the perspective of kind of like an adult that hadn't grown up around horses. So, you know, I mean, I tried to be around them, but I wasn't one of these kids that had been on all these horses growing up. And, and so it gives me uh, an opportunity when I work with people, whether they're, um, you know, doing equine assisted learning or they're doing trail riding or they're in the performance side showing horses of how to relate to different people and, and different experiences. Um, so that's a little bit of, of my background. I've been doing this now for, you know, about 15 years because I started that day and I, and I've never looked back since. And, you know, and it's, it's really brought me to a point in my life where I've had the opportunity now to, um, work with so many different areas, working with, with you guys at the EAL, working with, um, uh, you know, some, you know, uh, a group, uh, called, um, uh, dressage for kids. It's a lady named Lyndon Gray who puts it on. It's she's eight time, I think like an eight time medalist, uh, in the games. She, she started a program that was trying to help, you know, young kids up to like tw mid twenties, you know, but starting really young to give them a chance and an opportunity to uh, help develop their skills. So she asked me, to be their trainer for this last season, their their official natural horsemanship trainer, which is a really cool opportunity. I got to work with um, some of these people on the on the the show side. They don't even understand. Like I said, does, who's uh, there was like uh, probably fifteen or sixteen young young children there, you know, ranging from twelve to twenty years old. And I said, who's heard of natural horsemanship? And like three of them raised their hands. So you know, it's something that that I want to help get the, the our youth kind of more involved in because it's so easy on the on the performance side the show side for some of these kids to just show up their horses tacked up they get on them they get off of them and they leave so there's not a lot of interaction so it's teaching teaching people to have more of an interaction with them and so it kind of segues into um exactly what we're talking about today which is second chances now when we think of second chances we think of Horses that are neglected, right? Horses that we get from the kill lots um, the, that people just don't take care of anymore. And, you know, I had the opportunity to do a lot of off-the-track thoroughbred um, rehoming and retraining um, probably about 12 years ago. And 
And it was pretty neat because, you know, a lot of these horses were, you know, this was before thoroughbreds had some of these great um, places now where we're trying to protect them. It was like, you know, if you wanted, you know, you could you could get off the track thoroughbred that was a $200,000 horse and it had an injury and they're just going to send it to a kill lot now. And so taking those horses and finding out what they like to do and then finding good homes for them was a really important part of, of my journey in doing this. So as along the way, you find out that it, it doesn't matter to me. There's different types of um, neglect cases or cases that are like I always tell people that horses are either um, intentionally or unintentionally misunderstood. So I, I brought three examples to the table today that I'm super excited about. Um, the, the first horse that I had this opportunity to do this with is, uh, was a little quarter horse, not little. She was a pretty stout girl. Um, she looked like a little Arnold Schwarzenegger quarter horse and she, she's, uh, was prominently black with a white blaze. I think we might have a picture of her somewhere in there. I think I have one of her bowing. I've got a couple pictures of her. Um, but this, this little girl um, was an amazing, amazing horse. And I, um, I have a friend named Val, and she had called me and said, and this is her here, and, uh, and I've got, I think I've got a couple other pictures of her. But, um, but she's, uh, unfortunately, she's no longer with us. Um, she passed away at a, at a young age, um, and it, it, to this day still crushes me. Um, but she, um, she was, uh, my friend Val called me and said, hey, I've got this horse that, you know, was living in a round pen and drinking the water out of the puddles and not eating and was like completely neglected. And, you know, would you want to um, help out with her? So I said, sure. I, I, so uh, Val and I, you know, got together. I got Ocala is her name and herd leader, strong horse. So we put some weight on her and but but just giving that horse and she was she would test you she would test everything she's made me probably one of the she's probably one of the the horses that has really made me who I am today because I had to have patience but I had to also have give her structure and you know she yeah, she actually I think you Ocala was you met yes. Ocala yes. yeah you said the, the name I was like oh yeah, yeah so, <laughs> so we. We talked about Ocala, um, I think, in the last session or session before that, where she had helped a, a lady that was in the program that was just being walked all over, and the horse and Ocala was walking all over her, and she just said, "I don't want to deal with this anymore. I'm sick of being walked all over in my life." And Ocala took a step back and was very respectful for the rest of the time. Unfortunately, um, so I, I, I spent years with Ocala to get her where I wanted to get, and then she, down here in South Florida, we have some summer sores that come up. They're sores that horses get, and with the flies and everything, it's no good. So, um, I had sent her up to a friend of mine's farm in uh, Maryland to kind of get healed up from that. And uh, we don't, to this day, we don't know what happened. Three days after she was there, um, something, something, um, somehow she cut her leg. Um, and cut all the tendons and the ligaments in, in the hoof and um, and there was no no saving her. And it was really interesting because I don't I don't believe I, at the time I never believed in people who can communicate with animals sometimes and and I have a, a friend of mine who said, talk to my friend. he's been doing this 30, he's a, was a farrier for 30 years. He's based out of Snowflake, Arizona. His name's Rob Welch. Super cool guy and I said, yeah, I don't really know if I believe this stuff and Man, that I over the phone, he went through every horse in my barn and knew exactly what was going on. So at this point, I had a relationship with Rob and I called Rob up and I said, hey, I, I don't know what to do. I just got this phone call. I don't know if I should send my horse to the clinic 
she's on the farm. They said that she had she had cut 90% of her um, deep flexor tendon. I said, how do you know that? The vet said, I'm looking at it. And um, I called Rob and he said, she doesn't want to go, but she's going to come back to be with you in the future. Just know that. And it's really weird because then I have another friend who's an amazing chiropractor up in Pennsylvania. And she got right in the car and she drove right down to you know, an hour and a half down to see Ocala. And Rob and Colleen don't know each other. They had no idea what was going on. And Colleen's very good at the energy of a horse as well. And she was walking around with Ocala. And she got on the phone with me and I said, what's going on? And she said, she does. And I swear to you, this is that she said she does not want to go, but she knows she can't live in this body anymore. And she will be back to see you. So like almost verbatim what Rob said, like 20 minutes earlier. And it, and it like gave, it still yeah. gives me chills to this day. Yeah. And so I wasn't going to send her to a hospital to um, to to die in a hospital. So they laid her to rest on the on a beautiful farm that she was at. And um, it uh, you know she had taught me so much. Um, and you know we found out after we laid her to rest that the damage was so so bad that that you know we couldn't have saved her. So I'm segueing this for a reason because that happened about three years ago. And so I was pretty distraught about the whole thing. It really um, had taken me pretty hard. And, you know, she had given so much to me. She had given so much to uh, even our little program that weekend. She would impacted someone's life that made a huge life-altering, you know, thing for some, for the, that, that nice lady that had for her whole life been dealing with people walking all over her. And she felt the empowerment. So I know that Ocala is looking down from above and she's, you know, she's, she's happy with what's going on in life. And it's interesting because she, I had trained her. She could be anywhere in a field. It could be a 50 acre field and I would call her name and she would come running to me. Didn't matter where it was. Didn't matter who she was with. And so I then, uh, I had, I had gotten the call. Um, I had actually had a horse in for season, um, a bunch of horses in for season. And I noticed this one horse was with a client of mine and uh, the horse was rearing like like every day rearing running on its hind legs with with um you know with the client or with the rider on their back and so i started asking some questions and the owner the owner's wonderful and she had a, a young lady riding the horse and i said the, the, you know i said what's what's going on here and she said kind of the history of the horse she said you know he's you know he's he's a pretty cool horse um that he's really talented in dressage he had been really super successful he's still young at this time he's only nine years old and he, um, she said, you know, she had gone away. She sent him to some, uh, some supposedly really, some really well-known trainers. And she got a call about two months later saying the horse is, is dumping people. He's um, attacking people. He's unsafe. He needs to be put down. And so she flew back. She was out of the country. She flew back and she said, well, I'm just going to take him and let him be in a field for a little bit. And then she had another uh, a, a young rider get on her that uh, um, started riding, young in her thirties, get on this horse and start riding. And it put and he bucked her twice and put her in the hospital twice. Ooh. And you know, so then they were having all these issues. And I said, well, I'd be, I'd be, I'd love to help with this because uh, I like the horse. I mean, his and he's got a fitting name. His name is Dauntless. And um, and so I said, you know, let me uh, have the opportunity to play with him a little bit. So I worked with them in conjunction. Um, doing the groundwork and getting him to understand how to move his body. It's very important when a horse gets, uh, when they feel boxed in, like horses usually only rear if they feel like they can't go forward, backwards, left, or right. 
They also usually only buck if they feel like they can't go forward, backwards, left, or right. So they have to go somewhere with that energy, right? And this guy was talented. I mean, I've got video of him standing on his hind legs and running, and then he could stop at the at the, at the mirrors of the dressage ring and turn and then keep running and or bucking and doing the same thing. And so, you know, so I, I felt really blessed because it was a situation where I had um, – a client that wanted the best for her horse and she wanted to do whatever she could to make it right. And so I got the opportunity to spend some time with him and got him to move his body. And, and, and before I even got on him, I wanted to make sure that I had a connection with him, that he would listen to me. So, um, you know, to this day, you know, he, you know, he's, he's always kept four feet on the ground for me and, you know, and I've gotten him to a point now where, um, well, so, so the story goes is that, I talked to the owner and I said, here's the situation. I said, he, he is a very slow learner, but he's a very smart horse, right? So it's like when we look at us as individuals and as people, it may take me um, five minutes to put together a bookshelf. And you ladies may, if may, it may take, and I'm not, it may take you five minutes. May, let's say it takes you five minutes to put together a bookshelf it takes, <laughs> and it takes me an hour to put together that bookshelf. Right. But then when we want to learn a language, say that, you know, I want to learn French or say that, you know, I don't know you guys might know French, but say, say German, right? Say we, the three of us are going to learn German. Well, it may take you guys a year to learn German, but it took you 20 minutes to put together the bookshelf. It may take me a month to learn German and it might take me a year to put together the bookshelf. So we all, so just because when we look at horses and we go, they're really smart animals. Does, it's just like people, they might be smart at certain things, but not other things. And so Dauntless is his whole thing was like, I have this pedestal that the horses can stand up on. It took me, it took me what, uh, 20 minutes a day for three months straight, five days a week to get him to stand on a pedestal. Is this him? No, this is, uh, yep, that's Dauntless. Okay, so <laughs> that that pedestal right there, that usually to get a horse to stand on a pedestal takes about an hour, maybe. So maybe a you know a day, day and a half. It took him twenty to twenty five minutes every day, five days a week for three months to get wow. on. Wow! Now he looks, good up there. He looks yeah. real good. <laughs> he, he's and now he. But see, once he learned that concept of that, and we built trust, now he goes on. He does all the obstacles amazingly. He's 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 really built up his um, his connection with me and through that that partnership. But it took it took me a long time to get him to the point where he would do that. And so the interesting thing that parallels back to Ocala was that as I started to build a relationship with him, and so I told I told the owner um, Betsy, who's a like a wonderful wonderful lady. I said I said you know here's the deal. If he wants to be a top-level Grand Prix horse, the people that are going to be riding him are going to be asking a lot of him. I said, unless they really know how to ride him, he's either going to end up putting more people in the hospital or they're going to kill him. And so I, at that point, she said, well, would you like to have him? Now, I wasn't in need of another horse, but I had <laughs> lost my little quarter horse mare about um, probably a year prior to that. And... Uh, and I said, you know what? I just had this connection with this horse, and I said this horse is going to be something very special um, as a partner of mine. And so he he became mine. And I'm very blessed that uh, that that Betsy saw um, you know saw the need of his well being over anything else. And so you have a situation where he was 
pushed too hard too soon and he just couldn't mentally handle it. So then I started working on put him out in the arena and I started doing Liberty stuff with him. And I said, Dauntless, I said, he, he'd go out in the paddock with other horses. I'd say, Dauntless, come here. And he'd, and he'd walk over to me. He'd trot to me at first. And then, and then the next couple of days I said, Hey, Dauntless. And he'd walk toward me. I said, Dauntless, pick up the trot. And he'd pick up the trot. And I'd say, Dauntless, go back down to the walk. He'd go back down to the walk as he's coming towards me. I'd say, Dauntless, pick up the canner. He'd canner over to me. And wow. And it's, and so I, I saw Rob um, and I said, <clears throat> I said, Hey Rob, I said, um, and actually I think um, Beverly, who is one of your, I love Beverly up in St. Augustine. So yes. Beverly, Beverly, if you're watching, you know who Rob is very well. Cause I was actually up at Beverly's place uh, with Rob in a clinic with Wileen Wilson. And I said, Rob, I said, could, cause he was doing a reading with Dauntless. And I said, do you think, that Ocala, and he stopped me before I said it. He said, no, he's not, Ocala's not in him, but Ocala is guiding him to have the best partnership with you. And it was, it's really crazy. And if you don't, I understand some people may not believe in this stuff, but I've seen things that have been like, just crazy. Like, like just things that you can't explain. And um, exactly. And you don't have to. No, just, just no, it's, it's, it, it's, it's just be. You just be right. You just got kind of go with the flow and and enjoy it and understand it. So, so that being said, I continued. Now, Dauntless has been like a two and a half year journey with me. Now, unfortunately, with all the other horses that I work with in my program, sometimes my own personal horses get the back burner a little bit. But he is he's getting ready to go on this uh, this road trip with me uh, as soon as we're done with this call, and I'm excited to to show him to some some clients and some fun people up in in Ocala, Florida. Um, but. He now, you know, I got to the point with him trusting wise. And I think I sent you some pictures that he, you know, I can, he lays down, he sits, oh, that he, um, you know, he, yeah. So that's, you know, he, this is him now. He kind of, you know, oh, this is, well, this was him about a year ago. So he, he just, he loves to be around me. You know, he, he can lay down. I've taught him to sit. I'm working on teaching him to roll over on his back. Um, and nope. you see, so so anyway, so, you know, the, there's, you know, um, I think I might have a picture of him sitting too. I might have sent you. Oh, um, and you're on top of his back as well? Yeah, on this one, he's just sitting. I just asked him to go from laying down to just sitting. So I'm just standing next to him. And I want to teach him, you know, how to kind of just give give himself. Because he was, he was um, you know, he was so afraid of, you know, the, the human factor of things that he just he had to build that trust. He had to build that bond. So I've gotten him to the point now where I can ask him to lay down. I can roll him over completely on his back. So all front, all legs are sitting up in the air and he'll Aww. just hang out with me. So, um, you know, he's also the one that was in the video that you guys saw that, um, this has had like 30 some odd thousand views, um, on it. So, um, uh, you know, so where I can oh, just lay down, laying down video. Yeah. The laying down video. Right. So like I took him out before our call today and I, 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 I can do, I can stand next to him without a line on. He'll follow me everywhere and I'll ask him to move laterally next to me and he'll move next to me wherever I go. And it's, 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 he's just, it's building that, that relationship. And so when we talk about second chances is it's, it's not just a horse that like this horse here was never, um, he was, he was never neglected food wise he was ne never neglected from a love aspect from his owner he was always given the top-notch care but the it was the wrong fit it was the the wrong fit for um the people that were working with him and the owner recognized that and and she comes and visits him all the time and you know she loves the fact that he's happy 
And so when we want to have, when we work with our horses, we want to make sure that they are happy and that they're, you know, that they are um, living the best life that they can in their second chance. I see that we've got uh, from Sandra, hello from Montana. Um, I think it's so pertinent into working with an older Mustang. She is seven. I've never, I've had her since she was five. Um, a lot of liberty with her. Do a lot of liberty with her and appreciate how difficult a time she was with human beings. Wish you guys were um, in this area. You know, and yes, I'm not too uh, far from you. I was originally from Colorado, so I spent time up in Wyoming and Montana. And, you know, the, the connection with your horse is so important. And, and, and you know, when you have a horse, and, and I have a horse right now that's in training with me that you couldn't even touch this horse. For three days, I couldn't touch the horse. Like, it would just shake. And, um, and you know, Tennessee Walker... I touched him in the chest. I just I touched his chest. He kicked me. It's the first time I've ever been kicked. I've been usually pretty prevent, you know, pretty cautious. So I think that someone went to him with a cattle prod. Um, you know, the, the horse is just, and he's deaf. So we have a oh, horse now that can't, that can't hear. And I'll be, I'll upload some some stuff of this horse. He's a really cool guy. And so you know, taking that trust, like Sandra said, is that you have a horse that can't hear anything, and people have been going after him. And he was like, like it took me five hours the proper way to be able to walk up to him, put a halter on him out in a field without him wanting to run away. He would just start to quiver. You'd touch his hind end and he would drop his haunches literally like eight, 10 inches because he was so afraid. Um, so when you get these cases, you know, like whether it's Dauntless or it's, um, or it's Ocala or this third horse that we're going to talk about, um, you know, it's, it's important to find out what makes them happy, what, what their, motivation is like what well, you know whether it's um and we talked we touched on this a little bit in the last episode oh, there was someone that had said i got a i've got a 30 year old horse or something the horse that was in the ride the riding program with someone and it, it, the horse didn't like to jump anymore you know for the kids and so she wanted to take the horse and and so sometimes if you find a different thing for the horse they really appreciate that and understand that dauntless i've had to take two years and take him completely out of the dressage side of the world and just teach him to be a good safe horse for me and a good fun horse so now he likes to do the dressage and we're, we plan on doing more of that but it's like it's for it's i want it to be fun for him i want it to be something that he's enjoying doing not feels like not to feel like he is pressured into and then he's willing to give me so much more Absolutely. um it's like so, kids yeah. <laughs> yeah, play the flute. Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. like the flute. Yeah. Yeah. And and so so as we go through you know this the, you know second chances it, it goes back to energy right like we even look at our first session of energy and how to how to read the horse then we look at last episode uh, of um, of with cherry right like cherry story right you know cherry had a rough childhood going up and and even as an adult and she doesn't use that as an excuse and her horses had the same type of an issue right the mom was was abused and had all these issues and so it's how do you grow together how do you say that we are going to move move forward and the great thing about horses is that they don't typically oh, a horse isn't going to go look at you and go can you hear me okay yeah you're kind of cutting in and out a little bit here so we'll see if it picks back up if not we'll just pull okay. you out and then put you back in again yeah yeah we don't you're moving now okay okay so just just let me know okay good so so you know you, you don't ever have a, a horse typically is not going to go well i'm going to forgive you, but I'm not going to forget. <laughs> and they, they typically, once they get over something, they get over it, right? They're, they're pretty good. Now, even with Dauntless, is that if, if 
there's an if there's someone riding with us, it's very aggressive with a, a whip with their horse, like someone that just is like in an arena that we don't know, and they're kind of being not nice to their horse. He looks back at me and goes, "Are you going to protect me?" Aww. And so that's where we want our horses to be. We want them to be where they're going to look at you. They're going to appreciate. It's just no different with with horses that we rescue or we give that second chance to. Have you ever um, adopted a dog versus had a puppy? Yes. All right. The puppy is like spoiled and expects everything in the world. But that adopted dog knows. They know that you saved their life. They yes. want, it's huge. They're like, you know, they, they will, they want to sit by your side. They, they just, they, they don't, they're not going to, they're not going to be mad if you're home late from work. They're not going to get mad at you if they, if they didn't get fed right on time. But that puppy that you had as a puppy, man, they're going to, they're going to get grumpy and they're going to, like, I very rarely have ever had a, a dog that I've adopted that tears up furniture or tears up beds, anything. Usually, usually those are the puppies that do that. The adopted dogs <laughs> yeah. are like, I want to keep my bed because I may have never had a bed before. Exactly. Yeah. So, so true. And it, and it's, and it is going, you know, when we talk about that energy, it's so important that like, even, even the horses that are, um, you know, that, that they get adopted from us, you know, that. Oh, you're dead. Yeah, I mean, not <laughs> literally. <laughs> that was dark. Okay, I'm gonna. We we adopt or we give them a. We're gonna start that part again, Doug. Yeah, I think you're frozen up yeah. here. I'm gonna just take you out if you want to come. Click right back in, okay? Okay. <laughs> oh, that was okay. In the meantime. <laughs> oh, he just. I, the stories always amaze me. Like yes. The, the stories connect us all and you're right. You know, if we don't have connection, how do we even build that trust? And it's not enough to just do groundwork and do, you know, tarps and all those flowers and noodlies and all of those things, but it's actually getting that, that a connection and that they understand that through that connection that you as the human actually gets them. And when you get them, that's when we can start building that trust piece and understanding what it is that they need. And I, you know, I always say some of these horses that give us the most, I guess, challenge or opportunity, yeah. if you will, I always think, Oh my goodness, they are our teachers. Like they're seriously all stepping us up. I mean, even the story with Dauntless, it's the same idea. Having a beautiful owner like that, knowing that's a step up to know that this horse needed a dunk. It's just so beautiful when people are able to give so freely when they love their horses so much to be able to just do that. Oh, there he is. There he is. Him back. And a quick hello to Dila and Anne and Natalie and Brooke and Joanne and Sandra. Thank you. Or Joni. Yep. Thank you so much for joining us today too. And let's throw Doug back in the mix here. Yeah. Cause we didn't get to hear that last part of, we didn't get to hear that last part of your story, Doug. Okay, so where did I? Sorry, uh, I lost you there. So where did I? Where did I leave the screen? Uh, you moved something like this, and then you went dead. Okay, so <laughs> out of here. Well, and also hello to everybody as well that's uh, that's listening. And Brooke, uh, Brooke is actually one of my peeps down here, and I work oh. with her awesome horse Percy every week. Um, and uh, thank you for being so uh, diligent. She's watched ever. I think she's been part of every single one of these that we've done. So that's awesome. So thank Fabulous. you, Brooke. Um, but yeah, so as we, you know, it's like with um, with your children, we talk about structure and discipline, right? And a lot of people think of discipline as a bad word, right? And it's like, you know, I like to look at it as like, 
with your children, you want to have structure so that there doesn't have to be any type of discipline there. You don't have to go, well, you know, you, you messed up, so you have to go clean your room or you have to go do that's discipline, right? Like, you know, if you don't do this, you're going to have to do that. No, Doug, come back, Doug. Where did you go? <laughs> okay. Okay. Discipline. We got to remember that. That's the where children he was at. Thing. But you know, it's interesting, even what Doug was saying with that as well is, you know, that line that even calling discipline, you know, having that don't cross the line idea because you're so connected, it really pays off. Why? Number one thing a horse needs to feel is safe. And number one thing, our kids need to feel safe. Heck, we need to feel safe. So when we have that ability to have that line and help them to consistently have it, it really does. Oh, sorry. I, I'm reading now that Doug is going to be joining us again. He's ready. There we go. Okay. Um, Jenny, also, we've got a good question there. From <laughs> I don't know. I'm back. I, I don't know why. <laughs> well, we do have a good question for you after you're, you finish your story with the discipline and the children. That's we remember. We yeah. Yes. So, so when we talk about, when we talk about, you know, discipline is that if we, if we have the right structure, right, if we work with our horses or our children at a young age, right, or even as, as there, as, as we work with troubled horses, right, if we can show them through patience and kindness um, and, and, and respect, respect is not a bad thing, right? We have to have respect. Like, I respect you. You respect me. I want my horse to have the same type of respect that I give them. But you get that respect by working on trust and patience and through that structure. So no different than your children, right? It says if you start teaching your children when they're really young to do these things before they even remember it, then they're going to know how to have proper manners. They're going to have those things. And then you're going to have to do a lot less probably disciplinary actions if you keep the structure in place. It's yeah, so true. And you know, and still number one, that piece is safety. Like it, your horse feels safe. You feel safe. Like children feel safe. We, when we have that safety component, that is what helps us to continually want to connect and grow together because we're always in that safe piece. Yeah. So, and it's, you know, it's, um, ah, so, um, all right. So do you know the animal communicator that I worked with? Yes. His name is Rob. Welch and I can always get um, his information. The guy is amazing and he is um, he truly is is gifted and he does you know, we actually he's so good that we we have him come down um, during season here and do a three night deal and the first night is a deal called um, a gathering with the angels like 15 of us sit around in the house and you can have either an animal that you that's passed or a loved one and you can ask for you know, to kind of see what's going on with that. And it's crazy. The first time we watched this, and, and this was at Beverly's place, is that a, a gentleman came. It was mostly all women, right? And a gentleman came with her with her his, his wife, and you could tell he really wasn't, like, not buying it at all. And by the end of it, he was like, you know, Rob said, who would you like to hear from? He said, well, my mom. And by the end of it, he was crying. Like, I mean, it was, it was in a good way. Like, it was just like... You know, so, um, you know, his, his name is Rob Welch. Um, I can get you his contact info. You can put it up on your, on your screen if you want. He's a great guy. But, um, but so as we go with the, um, you know, when we talk about the structure and everything is that it's so important with our horses, like, like Dauntless today, before I got on this phone call, I took him next door to a round pen at a big farm that has 200 horses at it. And I'm letting him just like kind of spread his wings a little bit. That's important too. Cause then South Florida, you have small paddocks. The so horses don't get to go out and actually be horses. They're in a stall 
20 hours a day because the bugs get him out if they're out longer. So we need to make sure that we get to have fun with him. You know, he's getting ready to get on a trailer for four hours. So I put him over there and I you know, did all my at liberty work with him. And then I said, okay, go have some fun. And so he just was playing. He was cantering. And there was a lady that was coming up a big hill over that overlooks around Penn. And I could tell that she was you know, just kind of focused on what was going on. And I literally just looked at Dauntless, gave him a cue, and he, he came running around me. And he, he came from a canner. He came canner trot right next to me and stopped right here. Aww. And she goes, how did you do that? And I go, <laughs> I said, you know, when your horse is feels that you're going to keep, keep them safe and protect them. And, and that's the biggest thing, Carrie, that you pointed on is that we need to tell our horses. We need to show them through energy that whenever we can take their worry away from them. The nothing bad will ever happen in our presence. Now, we need to make sure that happens. But that's what they look to their herd leader to do is take away that worry. Absolutely. So, so as we go, and, it, and, and the, their worry comes out in different ways. Like Dauntless's worry came out in, I can't handle it. You're hitting the ceiling. I'm trying to be a good boy, but I can't do it anymore. So I'm going to have to stand up. And, and I eventually, if you're asking me too much um, and you're being hard on me or harsh on me, I've got I've to get you off my back. And... You know, and and once again, kudos to his owner at the time because she wanted nothing but the best for him. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, our and, and our, our final horse we're going to talk about tonight is a little horse named Tilly, and she is um, she was uh, she she was given back to the rescue, I believe, three times. Um, uh, mm -hmm. Some good friends of mine who actually bought my old farm, Carol and Paul. Um, they have uh, set up there where they bring in horses um, and they kind of rehabilitate them and then find them good homes. Well, Carol called me one day and she said, I've got a problem with the horse. Can you help me? And I said, sure. And so she brought me over. She was in her own paddock and she had a, a, a stall in the paddock, like a run in, but it was a stall in the paddock. And we walked up to the paddock and she said she likes to bite and attack people. And I said, okay. And so we're standing there talking in front of the door and I'm looking at her and she walked up and she sure enough reached out of the door and bit Carol's finger and just chomped down on it. And I said, okay, we have to fix this problem. <laughs> yeah, that is an issue. Fighting is not a good thing, right? And, and, and so here, and this is one other thing I want to bring up because I work with a lot of horses too that, um, that have issues with the farrier, have issues um, with, the, with the vet. Would your doctor allow your child to go back to them if when you took your, do you have, do you guys have, do you have kids, right? Boys, girls, girls, girls. So but if you, if you took your daughter to the doctor and she, she kicked the doctor and bit him, do you think that the doctor would allow you to go back there? <laughs> no. no, right. But, but with the, these poor vets that show up at the farms and these farriers that put their life at stake. Right. And we just go, well, they're bad. You know, and it's yeah. like, you know, and the fairy goes, okay, I'll come back, you know, and, you know, and, and so it's, it's our job. It's our job to teach our horses that they can be okay with getting needles. They can be okay with the, you know, with the vet coming, they can be okay with the fairy coming. And the way that we do that is we teach our vets that sometimes if you have a horse that's nervous to get needles in their neck, you have the, the, the farrier or you have the, the vet come in and just, it's, it's, teaching them good bedside manner right yeah right so like you don't want your vet to come in and just go like right there with the neck with the needle come in pet my horse for a second i know you're on a time frame but just 
just Freeze. can you just have a little bit of bedside manner? Love on my horse for a second. Then then she's gonna be a lot happier if you have to give her her, her shots. Absolutely. Same thing with with farriers. It's not the farrier's job to fix the horse's feet if they want to kick her, right? Um, you know, I've been working with a horse that um, for a long time has been wanting to kick at people and and like hurt the farrier, not just like like not, not just hurt the farrier, but hurt the farrier. And <laughs> so, you know, I've been working with this horse for 15 days, and now you know, and she would have to be under drug to have her her feet done, and and she's you know we're we're making progress. She had her feet done the other day. We were able to do half of everything that she's never been able to do without having to give her anything. But we want to take baby steps with her because it's ingrained in her body that she's not trying. When she tries to kill the fairy, she's not trying to be mean. Something yeah. happened to her six seven years ago that made it a a response that hey i've got you you can't you someone went after me so hard that i've i will put you in the wall if you do anything bad and so you work on those things you get and the farrier also has to know their energy they can't you know a lot of farriers they don't have time to deal with a horse that's being bad but if it's my horse they're going to take a little bit more time because I want them to understand how my horse learns and how they can have the most successful relationship with them. So that's, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you owe it to your horse to do that. Like yeah. that's keeping them safe. You uh, owe it to your horse. Yeah. That, and so we, we go ahead. I'm sorry, Carolyn. Uh, the farrier that we have working with us right now, he said to me last time, he's like the worst time I've ever had when I'm trying to, you know, do a horse's feet and stuff is when I'm in a rush. Yeah. He said, if I'm in a rush, this is never going to go as planned ever whereas if i'm just like yeah it's all right dude okay we got this and he chats with them and everything else like that and that's really what he re that's what makes him so great too he that he has. realizes that he has to do that piece and the bedside manner has to be there he has to show that yeah i'm safe too it's okay yeah right yeah and you know and that and that's just it is it you know like the, this farrier that i worked with um yesterday what is today today's wednesday on monday monday morning he yeah i said hey we're gonna start to do our feet without any any sedation and he said, and he said to me, and I said, I want you to go around and just pick up her feet. Now, when I first started with her, she would want to kick you if you even looked at her feet. I said, now I want you to go pick up her feet. Just pick them up. And so he said, you know, I'm trying to be calm. He said, I'm telling myself I'm calm. And he said, he said, so I'm pretty good right now. I said, but here's the deal. You're calm from here up. He's yeah. gonna read your, your horse is going to read from here down, right? Yeah. You, can, you can tell yourself you're calm all day long. Your horse is going to know if you're calm or not, right? So, so he... I had to work with him then because I just, I, he had to trust me to say, you can pick up those feet. I'll do it first and I'll show you. And if we have a little issue, so like halfway through the shoeing, she didn't like to have her foot put on the hoof jack. And instead of kicking him, she just stepped away. And so we nice. took that and said, okay, yeah, we're going to take that as a win. And we're going to, we're going to do something to help her out to make this go be a positive thing. So every shoeing, she gets better. Right, because we're trying to fix a reaction that she's had for the last, you know, five six years, right? Mm -hmm. As long as and and then she doesn't give to pressure, so then she'd want to flip over, she'd want to go up on her hind legs, and she'd want to just it was it was all, and then she was claustrophobic, and then she's sensitive to her feet, she couldn't walk over her tarp, so it's all these little things that add up, right? It's like, um, you know, have I have I talked to you? Did I talk to you guys about like the I think I've done about the twelve rabbit rule on one of our programs. Do you remember that at all? I think in the first it's year, the like now, so it's yeah. true. So like even, and it's, so it's not even just with riding, but when you're working with your horse and, and you're getting them ready, whether it be for EAL or whatever, is you have to look at those cues to go, all right, did something get them?
is something bothering them. Let's go back and address that right now. You know, but but that's listening to your horse, right? Just like we want in EAL, we want our horses to be the teachers. We don't want we're not telling you know the horses are not a tool. They're a they're a living, breathing counselor. You know that has furry and four legs and weighs ten times of what we do. Um, you know, and 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 they communicate in a different language. And so the more we pick up on that, and I see Anne has a question here. Totally agree, or not a question, but totally agree. My farrier is amazing and patient, still working on getting young ones to trust. So the younger they are, the you know the the more you know three, four, five months old, you start working with those feet. You start getting them to trust you. Just pick them up, put them down, pick them up, put them down. You know, and every time you ask for a little bit longer and they'll start to understand that it's okay. Nothing bad's going to happen to them. So getting back to Tilly. So Tilly's an interesting horse. So she, she comes out and, um, you know, she wants to go after everybody. Is this Tilly? And that's Tilly there. And I think there's another picture of me standing on top of her, you know, and, oh, and this yeah. is Carol. So this is the girl, this is Carol who owned Tilly. And this is the one that the Tilly bit Carol and would not allow Carol to even go into the paddock. Would not even allow it. Right. And so in the other picture you see with Tilly, is it like, I've got a picture and I didn't send it to you, but I have a picture of me doing the yoga pose where you stand on one leg and you, you know, and with no bridle on nothing. And I, within 30 days, I was riding this horse bridleless, you know, um, she was listening Everything was wonderful. But what we had to do with her when we talk about structure is that Carol had probably think about eight or 10 people that were around the barn all the time. And every single one that went into the barn, she would into her, her paddock, she would chase away. And it was a real problem. So yeah. <laughs> what I had to do is I had to say, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to go into your field and uh, because this horse was being like deemed unsafe, right? It ended up back at the, 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 the shelters three times. And so we went into, I have a flag, like a horsemanship flag. And we'd go in and, and she'd go to come after me. And I would chew her away like I was another horse. I'd say, get away from me. You're not allowed to be near me. And and then she'd go run into her stall. And I'd go, nope. So I'd walk into her stall and I'd chew her out of her stall. And whenever she'd come to come at me, I would chew her away. Just like I would get myself, I would make myself big and I'd take my energy and I'd just say go away so it didn't matter that i was the only one that did that i had to get every single person at that farm to be able to do that mm. because she was like okay doug you're number one i'm number two they're not they're still way below me <laughs> yeah. and it was really interesting when you talk about energy so carol and i think carol may be watching today i love carol to death but she was really um having a hard time doing stuff with this this little horse because she had been bitten so many times yeah so, yeah that would do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you know, you bite once, you know, it's you know, shame on me. Bite me twice, you know, shame on you. And she, so Carol and her family had some friends over, not horse people at all. And I'm working with Tilly in the arena, and I'm asking her to go back and forth and do all this. And and her friend was a pretty strong personality. And I said, she said, can I try that? And I said, I knew her. I mean, I just could tell she was like a type personality. And Carol goes, we, you don't know anything about horses. And she goes, ah. and I said, yeah, come on up here. And I said, this is what I want you to do. And her energy was so strong, like so good, not like strong in a bad way. But yeah, like, yeah. Tilly did everything she asked without even trying to bite her, right? Wow. Then, then, then it gave Carol the confidence 
As to say, Carol is like serious. Yeah, yeah. Carol's like, come on, I, if you can do this, I can do this, right? So, so Carol started working with her, and then we got everybody else in the farm to do the same thing because it was all predominantly in the paddock. And if she knew she could get away with it, she would. So, did I? Did I ever touch the horse with the whip? Did I ever be mean to the horse? No, but I brought my energy up. And that's why I use a flag because you can use a flag as energy. It creates more energy. And she just needed to know that she's she's not allowed to, to do that because if she does do that, she's not going to be alive very long because nobody's no. going to stand for that. And we want, and she's an amazing creature. So within 30 days, had all this turned around, she's riding amazingly. She was adopted by a gentleman who's an adult amateur rider, renamed her. I can't remember the new name, but loves her to death. So, so when we talk about this, you know, giving horses second chances, it's so important that we, that we don't, um, just like with people, right? Just because I don't know where people's paths are. You know, it's like, I don't judge anybody because I haven't walked a mile in their shoes, right? It's not a place to judge. But the thing is, is that where, where we have been in our past, we don't want that to, we don't want that to define who we are today. And so many people with horses, they go, they go, well, you know, that was a, especially, you know, and, you know, we look at horses that rear or buck or these things is it, you know, dauntless, you know, he doesn't rear anymore. doesn't buck anymore. You know, he used to be a horse that if he had one day off one day when he was, when he was in training before I started working with him, he was a wild fire breathing dragon. <laughs> they had to work with him for 45 minutes before they can get on him. Right now he can go three weeks and I put a saddle on him and a bridle on him and I get on him and we trop around everywhere. He's, He's yeah. just, he's happy to be where he is now. And, you know, and, and I'm so blessed that I had the opportunity to get him. So, you know, Tilly is now in a new home where she is, is blessed. Um, this other horse that I'm talking, I talked about that, that I've been working with that, that can't even have anybody touch him, right? A gentleman 75 years old that, that, uh, that, that owns him. He's retired. And he said, you know, this is not the horse I bought, you know? And he said, you know, what should I do, Doug? And I said, He's a great horse. I said, you know, it, if you want to put the time into him, he's deaf, but he's, he's, you know, makes him unique. He makes him more aware of things, but he's not a spooky horse. And he, but he, he had probably been gone after so much to catch him. And he's got scars on his legs. Like they had done, you know, soaring and stuff like that. So like some, some pretty bad, bad stuff has happened to him. And I love that this, this owner is like, it takes time. It takes patience to build that. And then we give the horse, just like that adopted dog, right? They're so appreciative of that, that then life just opens up for them. And so it's not, it's not only the horses that are neglected in a physical state that we want to give those second chances to. And this is where the horsemanship and the energy comes into it, right? Is that if we, you know, a lot of the horses that you have in the EAL, right? They, they are so tuned in, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and they're that way because you allow them to be themselves, right? So, so like when we talk about performance horses, show horses, we have an agenda, right? We like, you know, and, and yeah. yeah. And, and unfortunately, and there's nothing wrong with like wanting to have horses that you compete, right? Like there's, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Where the problem is, is when your horse becomes a commodity, becomes a vehicle. And, and that's where then problems start happening. And, yeah. and I see it every day. In a, in a, in a, you know, and it is, it, you know, it's a big business, the horse world and the performance side, but the people who really make it 
where they want to be are the people that can understand I have to have a partnership with my horse. You know, there's a, an Olympic level dressage rider named Laura Graves, who is the first American ever to hold the number one rank spot in the world. And she held it for, I don't know, four or five months or whatever. But that was the only time that a, an American has ever held the highest spot. Now, she is, I think she's like 30 years old. Her story's really cool. She had this horse. Um, nobody thought it was going to be good enough. He was kind of a very sensitive horse. And um, she, I think, if I read this right, and I've met her a few times and had the chance to talk to her, but I think she had the opportunity to go like beauty school or work on her horse. And she said, I'm going to do my horse. And it was <laughs> it's literally like a Cinderella story. This, wow. horse, this horse she did not give up on this horse and you know it went to the it went to the olympics won a won a medal individual medal won a team medal and you know it, it's so but she knew that this horse had issues like um if i remember this co correctly that in um, the last olympics in rio her horse would get really nervous um in like big big crowds of people so she Got another horse that she brought in that looked similar to her horse that she could take around for the opening ceremony. Because, like, in the Olympics, you go around on your horse opening ceremony. She didn't want to overload him for his performance. So she knew. Wow. and But she knew what she needed to do to help him. And, you know, not being an easy horse is that she had to have that patience with him. And, yes. you know, a lot of people would have not given that horse the opportunity or the chance. And so it's amazing that, you know, we look at raw talent versus um, ambition, right? Like uh, just in people is that you look at some of the people that are the most successful athletes. If you look at some of the people that are most successful business people, they might not be the smartest, most talented people, but they are the ones with the most drive. They're the yeah. ones that really want to do it the most. And so if we can build that, you know, but part of that is allowing our horses to just be just, yeah. just understand how they think, how they act. And the best way to do that is spend time with them. The, no, the yeah. reason why you have such good EAL horses is because you get it by now, right? Everybody who's listening that's got EAL horses, you know when a group of people come in, you could probably pick up and go, I think this horse would be really good with that person. And I think that, that you know, because you can kind of see or the horse themselves, better yet, will draw themselves to that person. That's exactly what they do. Every time that human needs that specific teacher and by cracky, they always pick them. And, and yeah. even before they come sometimes, we have a, well, one yeah. horse yeah. will be like, I am coming in today. Yeah. And when yeah. you stop and listen and be like, instead of being like, actually, that wasn't in our plan today. <laughs> we say, and listen, come on in. Come buddy. on in. Cause yeah. they know something. And it's always, there's always a reason for it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, and it's, and so that, and that's where us as humans need to take that ability to, to when we're when we're talking about horses that we want to rehab when I say rehabilitate right rehabilitate mentally rehabilitate physically right because it's not I never have like people say oh I've got this I got this really bad horse where you come look at him I go well no horse is a bad horse they're yeah. just a misunderstood horse mm -hmm. and they just we just need to get on the right page with them they're trying to communicate with us they just don't know how or they've been taught to have a flight remember they're flight animals so they think something's gonna kill them all the time so we have to make them feel safe it's like the word of the day. Well, make them feel safe. So we make them feel safe physically. We make them feel safe mentally. Then they're going to be much happier. And then listen, right? That's our second word of the day. We want to listen to them. <laughs> listen to what they're saying to us through their energy, right? And, and so 
We should have had bells and stuff go off. We really we should have. Listen, but it's so true, you know. And I'm, um, you know, I know that we have to wrap up here, but I'm so, I'm, I've been so blessed to be able to be on with you guys. I know that next week you have what Warren Schiller, uh, Warwick Schiller, on, and um, next one after next week. Yes. Yeah, and he's, yeah. you know, he's a he's a guy that I follow. Um, you know, I think that a lot of us. A lot of us that are on the same page with how we teach, you know, we we want to learn as much as we can from from as many people as we can, you know, right? Like it's it's it, you know my my toolbox is always going to be growing, and I'm gonna have more and more tools. But remember, when you whether you're listening to me or you're listening to other people out there, the tools are the tools. But you can't apply the tools without having the right timing and understanding the energy of your animal and your horse and knowing how they can they can relate to you and listen to you we talk about i've got a fun little in my video today um that that i'm giving up is it's it's leading a green horse right it's it's just how to teach your horse um where to have that respectful space at right it's really important to have that respectful space where they don't come into your space and they don't get too far away from you you know that they, they stay with you i'm sorry my dogs are barking a little bit someone knocked on the door that's um, okay they're, they're all excited you know it's like you know they, they saw the suitcases coming out today and they're like we don't get to go <laughs> happening. but uh but anyway so you know so um you know warwick brings that to the table as well we talk about you know um the horses just being on that same page but it's still when it comes to how they interact with us um, we have to listen to them. They have to listen to us. So it's this, it's this circle of energy that's constantly going on. It's constantly moving. A great example is, is that, you know, I've been getting ready for this trip and I had all this stuff on my mind and I had nine horses that I did two days ago. And then I was dauntless is usually my relaxing ride. And I literally, I got on them at the end of the day and my mind was somewhere else. And he was like, he was like, Hey buddy, where are you? Yeah. You're not, I want, this is like, like he will literally, um, like, if I'm like checking, like I was walking him up and I had to check emails and text messages. And I think I was messaging you guys. And he literally will push the phone out of my hand and be like, focus on me. I need that focus. And so it's, 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 um, you know, it is that energy and it is listening to them because they'll give you pretty clear definitions of that. And, um, you know, that little horse on the videos, he's a cute little horse too, a little quarter horse. He's, he's, uh, and, um, you know, he's, he's a fun horse that I, I was able to do some neat stuff with. And, um, but every horse is an amazing creature. Yes. Um, we just have to have that ability to, and 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 I believe we talk about horses that are, um, you know, less than two percent of horses um, are have a mental disconnect. So remember that that like you know it's you. it's not like people. It's like you know like like <laughs> I, I've I've been I've been doing this a long time, and I've had three horses that have had a mental disconnect where they just cannot get past that thing. And you either learn, you learn to just deal with that and know that that's who they are. Right. So, but that means that there's, you know, out of, you know, out of a hundred horses, 98 of them are going to be exactly what you want them to be. And they're, 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 they want that. They want that leader in their life. They want that partner in their life. So Doug has a whole series of training videos that. If you guys ever get the chance, well, to not only tune into our lives, but to tune into anything that Doug is doing, I would strongly, strongly, strongly recommend that you do it. Even in the week that we were there with him in person, we learned so much from him 
just just being in his presence and listening, right? So if you guys have the opportunity, anything you can do to tune in to Doug, I would 100% do it. This is his URL, his website here, naturalhorsemanship.com. So please do go check that out and make sure you guys share this out as well. We love to have everybody be able to hear these lovely stories of giving these horses, uh, not even just a second chance, but taking the time to know them enough to know that this that they're worth it, right? They have worth, they have purpose, they have being. Anything that's a living being has purpose. Yeah, you know, Anything. It's so true. And, you know, one of the things I just wanted to share with you guys that it's, it's, it's exciting for me is that I'm working on right now doing a pilot because I want I, I want my goal is to reach as many people as I can in the world and give them this information and be able to show them some of the stories that I go through. I'm, I'm currently working on filming a pilot that I want to try to uh, I've been, been talking to some of the networks like national networks um, that, that I could do a show almost like a Caesar Milan but for horses, Ooh. right? That we can yeah. we can go out there and and people can, can follow me and they can go to different things. They can see different situations and they can see how these horses start from here and they go to here and how that energy work is created. Um, so um, I'm excited, you know, and I I, I want to do that because I I you know I, I have a membership site where you pay twenty dollars on my thing and you get the training videos. My ultimate video. That's ultimate, it. It's twenty dollars a month and you get you get access to hundreds of videos and I load more every day. Um, and, wow. but, but my ultimate goal is, is that to be able to reach enough people through a national, you know, or international television market where that then I can move, I can do away with a membership and I can just put everything on YouTube and have everybody just, you know, just be able to watch everything and, and help educate themselves as, as best as possible. Right now, you know, you try to build your, your brand and I, and I figured, you know, $20 a month is pretty inexpensive for people to have a lot of access to videos and new videos and then they can reach out to me um at any time for questions or or um you know uh, you know any any suggestions that they have with their own horse they can send me videos so that's all kind of included in that um so but uh but that's kind of what i'm trying to get to so i think it'll be fun if we can if we can reach because just like you is that i want to reach as many people whether they're horse people or they're not horse people is that people go wow these horses are so incredible there they can do so much good for so many people so i'm just so blessed to be part of your guys's program and thank you so much for having me You're oh, we welcome. are too oh my gosh and so for all of you who are watching and following let's make this viral because the yes. more we can get it out there the more that all the tv people are gonna be like doug yes hired and then look at we get it all for free then but it's all about paying it forward too because you know yes. what? we're not just here for ourselves we are here to help one another. So it's beautiful that your goal is to pay it forward so that those who can't even afford $20 a month can at least get something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, and that's it. Just like with your program is the whole goal that like, I know that if I, I do what I do because I love to help people and that, you know, in turn helps me, you know, to pay my bills and things like that, which is yeah. great because, but it's like the more people I can help, the, the better I'm going to feel when I go to sleep at night, every night, because the more people and horses that I can help because they can't speak for themselves. They can speak for themselves. We just have to teach more people how to listen to them. Yes. So, 100%. I love it. Amen is right. Have yes. a safe, safe journey as well. I, and I know we're going to be together again, yes. doing something in Maybe this arena, but we're going yeah. to be signing up on your membership as well. Yeah. This will be super exciting. Very cool. Well, thank you so much. And you guys have be safe. And um, I can't wait to tune into uh, Warwick's um, in a couple of weeks. And yep. um, just let's stay in touch with each other. Absolutely. Everybody remember, this is the greatest gift our horses do give to us 
is live in a moment. We as humans, we live too far in the future and then we keep remembering the past where, you know, horses really bring us into this is the only moment we have. So live it and be free to live this beautiful life that you're gifted to live. And again, this is uh, Carolyn Charles. I'm me. Carrie Fulmack, founder Doug. of the Exxon Connection. <laughs> and this is Doug. And we all are very excited to have you all in our lives. And globally, we will change yes. many, many things for our beautiful horses. Thanks again, yes. Doug. And thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you. Time. God bless. Bye. You too. God bless. See ya. Thanks so much for tuning in today with us gals from Equine Connection on today's episode of Changing Lives with a Horse, of course. Next week, we're going to have tons more information and please join us then for more chatting on how these phenomenal creatures are really the best teachers around. We'll talk to you all then.